Hello, and welcome to True to the Bible with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for our next lesson in the series on Deuteronomy. In today's lesson, we're going to see Moses as he's talking to the generation about to go into the land of Canaan and telling them that they need to not be prideful as God uses them to do His work. And we can take direct application from this, understanding that we too can be prideful when God uses us, when really it's not about us, it's about God. So thanks again for joining us for this lesson. We hope you enjoy it. Let's turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 9. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 9. Um, you guys know we're going section by section here. And so the next big section before we get into uh, the laws, which will be fun next week, um, is uh, section 9 through, or chapters 9 through 11. And really it deals with the question, why did Israel conquer Canaan? Uh, if you remember right, Moses is right now talking to the generation after the people that came out of Egypt, and um, he's inspiring them to go into the land because that's what God is calling them to do, and he tells them why they're going into the land, and it's actually a pretty big um, debate across you know different different people to be like, well, why did God you know destroy Canaan, or why did God do this, or why did God do? Well, Moses actually tells us um, <clears throat> as he's telling the people why. Israel was called to conquer uh, Canaan. So it's an interesting inter interesting part, interesting lesson. So we're going to read verses 4 through 6. So if you're in Deuteronomy chapter 9, um, we're going to go ahead and read. Actually, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. So starting verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, you are crossing over the Jordan today to go into disperse the nations greater and mightier than you, great cities fortified to heaven. A people great and tall, the sons of Anakin, or not, Anakin Skywalker, um, whom you know of and whom you've heard it said, who can stand before the sons of Anakin? Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you, a consuming fire. He will destroy them, and he will subdue them before you, so that you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. Do not say in your heart when the Lord your God has driven them out before you, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispersing them before you. It is not of your righteousness or your uprightness of heart that you are going to possess the land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you in order to confirm the oath with which he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Know then... It is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God has given you this good land to possess, for you are a stubborn people. All right, let's pray. Dear God, just thank you for this day you've given to us, and just pray that um, we would understand your word as we look at it, and um, that you'd encourage or convict us as needed, God, and just help us as we understand that you use us, God, and it's, and it's uh, by grace that you do use us. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so sometimes we wonder uh, why. Okay, sometimes we wonder why things happen or why things are done the way they're done. Um, and when I think of that, I think of this book, it's called Barrett the Britain, okay, and it's by this guy named G.A. Hinty, and he writes a bunch of really cool books, okay, and anyway, in this book, Barrett the Britain, it's about the Roman invasion, and it's when they invade Rome, or when Rome invades uh, Britain, okay, so Britain, the island, so they're going and they're invading this island, and if you know anything about Roman history, okay, they, they kind of halfway conquered Britain. Because uh, Britain kind of like didn't, they didn't all work together. 
they all had a bunch of different tribes and Rome came in and, and fought a couple of the big ones and kind of settled Britain down for a little bit. And then after a while, the Roman yoke got heavy, if you will, and Britain kind of rose up together as one and then Rome crushed them again. Okay, so that, that's what Rome does, right? But this is a story about a guy uh, named Beric during that time. He's a Briton, obviously, because of Beric the Briton. But something really cool about this story is he actually was, when the story opens, he's living in a Roman city as a hostage. And he's actually technically a prince okay, of his own tribe. But his orders by the Britons were to learn all he could about Roman warfare so they could fight the Romans better. Okay, now when he comes back to his people, okay, he's this young guy, he comes back and he starts trying to teach them Roman discipline. Okay, if you know anything about Roman history, the reason that they won all, all that they won was because of their discipline. Okay, the way that they all worked together. And an average Roman, okay, was actually pretty short. They're in the five foot, right? So like five foot eight, average Roman. Average Britain, over six foot, like six two, six three. So the Britons should have wiped them out, right? But they didn't because of the Romans' discipline. So this guy comes in, he's like, hey, I'm going to teach you guys how to um, fight with discipline. So he's like, okay, you hold your hands here and here on the spear. Your footwork looks like this. You stay in your rank. You always have your position. And he taught him to fight like that. As you can imagine, okay, they didn't want to learn that. They kept asking this guy, why in the world would we ever have to keep our hands this far apart? Why does it matter? And they'd say, why do my feet have to be just like this? They said, why does it matter that I'm standing here and not right here? And they kept questioning him, why, 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 why does it matter? Well, to their uh, fault, they figured out why. Okay? The Romans came and they, they beat them to a pulp, right, because of the Romans' discipline. That's what happened. Okay? And sometimes we wonder why, and a lot of people wonder why God destroyed Canaan. Okay? A lot of people wonder why. And it's interesting uh, that Moses here, uh, he talks about it. He talks about it. He says, hey, this is why we do or this is why you guys are going into this land. And as we look at chapters 9 through 11, that's what it's really talking about. And if you go on to 10 and 11 and the rest of chapter 9, it talks a lot about remembering. It talks about uh, some encouraging things for them to go into land, some things to remember and all that. Uh, but it all stems from verses 4 through 6 where he tells them, hey, you guys want to know why you're going in, into the land? This is why you're going into the land. He starts it in verses 1 through 3, which we're not going to talk about, but I'm going to mention right here when he says that, hey, it's not your power that's going to take these guys out. Okay, So this generation, they're about to go into the land. And he says, hey, it's God's power that's going to conquer these people. Okay? And then there's some questions that Moses, um, he looks at. He says, uh, at the very start of verse 4, he says, do, you, do not say in your heart that the Lord your God has driven them out before you because of your righteousness. Okay? And a lot of times, which is what we're going to look at today, but a lot of times we, when we're used by God, we get prideful. Okay? Um, and God uses us, okay? and he uses us in a lot of different ways, but a lot of times that tends to make us prideful. And Moses is warning these people the same thing. He says, hey, don't do this because you're, uh, you think that you're good. Okay? You don't let that pride take hold of your heart. Don't think it's because of you or you're special. And then he gives three, really two and a half, I call it, different reasons why God actually drove the Canaanites out. Okay? And we're going to look at those. So number one, okay? number one, what we're going to look at is the wickedness. Okay, look at this in verses 4 uh, through the first part of 5a, or 5a is what we call it. It says, Do not send your heart when the Lord God has driven them out before you. Because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is dispersing them among you, or disposing them among you. It is not of your righteousness or of your uprightness of heart that you are going to possess the land. 
but it's because of the wickedness of the nations that the Lord God is doing. Okay, so here we see the judgment of God. Okay, God is just, and he's punishing the, the, the Canaanites. And it's always hard for us to understand uh, the judgment of God. It's always hard for us to understand his justice. Well, like we talked about on Wednesday night a couple, night, a couple nights ago, a couple Wednesday nights ago, uh, I think Molly mentioned it. Uh, the justice of God is important. Okay? It is important to who he is. He can't be perfect if he's not perfectly just. And so to get a better context of this, of the justice of God and how it's actually grace and love as well, uh, you can turn here or you can uh, just let me read it, but it's Genesis chapter 15. Okay? And we're going to look at verses 13 through 16. This is actually when God is talking to Abraham. Okay? And he's actually talking about this future Canaanites that the people of Abraham are going to take out. Okay, so these people, they're about to go and take out the land of Canaan. This is God talking about those people, okay, and Abraham's descendants. Okay, so he says, uh, look at verse 13, if you're there, if you want to. It says, God said to Abraham, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not their own, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Where was that? Egypt, right? And that's the people of Israel. They were in Egypt for 400 years. But I will also uh, judge the nation whom they will serve. That's Egypt. And afterward... They will come out with many possessions. What happened when they left Egypt? Does anybody remember? They plundered Egypt. They plundered Egypt by not even doing anything. They, just, they Moses said, "Go ask everybody, all the Egyptians, for stuff." And they're like, "Hey, will you give me stuff?" And they're like, "Take all my gold, take all my silver." And they plundered Egypt. Pretty cool. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, talking to Abraham, and you will be buried at a good old age. Then, in the fourth generation, they will return here. Now, this is important. Look at this. For the iniquity or the sin of the Amorite is not yet complete. The iniquity or the sin of the Amorite is not yet complete. Now this is important because here it says that they're going to be slaves for 400 years um, and then they're going to come out and all this stuff. Well, why were they slaves for 400 years? They didn't believe No, because the iniquity of the Amorites okay, this, or the Canaanite, the people that they're going to take out right now in Deuteronomy, their sin wasn't complete. Okay, so what does this tell us about God? Okay, he's perfectly just. He could have taken them out 400 years earlier, right? But he didn't. Why? Because he loves everybody. He wants everybody to come to him. Right? He's not just the God of Israel. He's the God of everyone. I mean, it also says that, that he's judging other nations as well. Um, and I think it's really important, okay, as we look at who God is and we look at the wickedness of the Canaanites, um, that God gave them the opportunity to repent. It shows that he's gracious. Okay, it does. It shows that he's gracious. He's gracious um, with us too. But just in the fact that he wanted to wait until their sin was complete or full shows us that God is a gracious God. And then if you look at history, okay, he used Israel, his people, to come in and uh, punish the Canaanites, correct? That's what we're looking at right now, right? Thumbs up? Mm-hmm. All right, thumbs up. Canaanites. Okay, they're getting punished by Israel. Israel disobeys. What happens to Israel? They get enslaved by the Egyptians. After, after all this, way yeah. after. They disobey. After they conquer the land, then what happens? Anybody know? They sin. Yeah, uh, yeah, they sin. And then after they sin? God punishes them. How? Getting defeated by other nations. So he uses Israel. Israel is his chosen people, right? But he uses Israel... To go in and take out the Canaanites, but then he uses the Babylonians and Syrians to go in and take out Israel when they disobey. God isn't just the God of Israel, he's the God of everybody. 
He doesn't just love Israel. He loves everyone. Okay? And yeah, he chose Israel. Okay, they are his people. They still are his people. And the Messiah came through them. But he's not just the God of Israel. He's the God of everyone. Okay, think about John 3.16. Okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, right? So we know all we have to do is believe. Okay, you guys all know that. But the word love there, okay, it's the word agape. Okay, that's the strongest kind of love. And did you know also that God uses that word, okay, Jesus uses that word, okay, and he uses that for the love that the Father shows his Son. So he uses that word agape, or agapo, right? He uses that to say that's how much God loves Jesus, which is the max, right? That's the same word he uses in John 3.16 to say that God loves the world. That world, the word world is cosmos. That means the entire world. That means everybody, not just the Jews, not just the believers. Okay, there are people out there, and I've actually heard this in a message, um, that say God doesn't love everybody the same. He loves believers like this much, and he loves unbelievers like this much. Okay, he says that he doesn't love everybody the same, but he does. Okay, and and he, he, he is the God of, of all of us. Okay? He's God overall. He loves everyone with a deep and a strong love. Um, he doesn't just love the people that he uses. Okay? He doesn't just love the people that he uses. That's important because if he uses you and he uses me, okay, we don't want to get prideful in that fact and say, hey, I, you know, for me, okay, hey, he's using me to teach. Should that make me prideful in saying that I'm more special than somebody else? No, because I'm not. Right? And we don't need to be prideful in that, which is what Moses is telling these people. He's actually judging these people. It's not because of your right, uh, righteousness. Okay, then he goes on in verse 5b. Look at it. 9, Deuteronomy 9, chapter, uh, verse 5. It says, um, in order, right at the bottom there, verse 5, in order to confirm the oath which the Lord swore to your, swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're not going to spend very much time on this, but the, the, the other reason is because of the promise. Okay, there's a second reason why God is using Israel here. It's because of the promise that he gave to Abraham. Back in Genesis chapter 15, okay, if, you're, if you still have your finger over there, if you look at verse 7, it actually says this briefly. It says, And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you a land to possess it. So God right there is promising Abraham that he's going to give him a land. Okay, he's going to give them that land. And Moses says, hey, it's not because you're righteous that God is using you. It's because he promised that he's going to give this land, and God's a promise keeper. Okay, It's because of who God is, not because of who you are. Okay, In the same way, God doesn't use you or me or other people because we're better than someone else. Okay, That's not why he uses us. He's not using us because we're better than someone else. He's using us um, despite our sin, despite our wickedness, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so yeah, there are two reasons so far that God uh, had the Israelites go and conquer Canaan. Number one, because of Canaan's wickedness. Number two, because he, he promised Abraham that he would do that. Okay, and by the way, food for thought that you can think about study on your own. He promised that to Abraham because he knew that the Canaanites would need um, to be disciplined, to be judged. Okay, interesting thing to think about and study on your own there. Okay, like I said, I'm going to keep that one short. We all know about the promise. I'm going to move on. Okay, <clears throat> the third thing is the grace. Okay, even though these people were stubborn, God still used them. Look at the end of verse, well, just look at verse 6. Say, know then, that is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God has given you a good land to possess it, 
For you are a stubborn people. Even though this people is stubborn, even though the Israelites are stubborn, God still uses them. Okay? God, can, God can use us even though we're sinners. Right? Okay? God can use us even though we're sinners. And a lot of times what happens is we're like, God can't use us, and then he uses us, and then we get prideful about it. Okay? And that's what we have to be careful of. We don't want to be prideful when God uses us. Okay? This generation, the previous generation, okay, the generation that's about to go in the land, they're willing to go in the land. They're, they're obeying God. Their generation before, did they obey? No. no, they didn't, and they didn't get to go in the land. So this people did get it, um, did obey God, and that's part of the reason why God's using them, okay, because they were willing. And we need to be willing to obey God too, but it's still grace, okay, it's still grace. Um, I think of, this is, this is not an actual picture of my trash. Okay, but it feels like this sometimes. Sky will tell you that. Uh, when we're doing trash, Sky used to work for me. Now he doesn't, but he still works for Valley Living. And let's just pretend that Sky's working for me, and he's a horrible worker. Okay, he's not. He's really good. But let's first pretend that he was horrible. And let's pretend that he, like, didn't show up to work, or he'd be late, and when he got there, he wouldn't actually do his work, and I'd fire him. Okay, let's just pretend that. Okay, so I fire Sky. And now, does he deserve to be rehired? No, okay, he doesn't deserve to be rehired. So let's say I'm like, all right, Sky, I'll rehire you, because he's like on his hands and knees begging me. Okay, and he's like, I need rehired. Okay, and so I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm trying to provide for my, you know, call of duty points and stuff. So I need, I need money. So I'm like, okay, I'll rehire you. That's grace in rehiring him, correct? Mm -hmm. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. So I'm giving him something he doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve to be rehired, correct? Yes? Okay, now, if he starts working really good and I give him a paycheck, is that paycheck grace? No. No, it's not, right? Because he earned it. Okay, he didn't deserve to have the job, but if he's earning the paycheck, that part's not really grace, but in the very beginning, the fact that he even has a job is grace. Okay, in the same way, okay, we can earn rewards, Okay, we can earn rewards, and that's, that's not grace, right? That's a reward from God if we obey Him. These people, they get to go into the land because they're willing and they're obeying God, right? And they're going to be blessed because of it. They're going to get rewards because of it. But did they even deserve the opportunity to go into the land? No, they didn't. They don't even deserve the opportunity. And we don't even deserve the opportunity to be used by God. Okay, we don't. And in that fact, it's grace anytime God uses us. Okay? Even though we can get rewards from it and things like that, and that's, that's not really grace, that's more of a reward. Okay? But we don't even deserve to be used by him in the first place. Okay? We don't. And so it's by grace that these people are even allowed the opportunity to obey God. Okay? I know that's crazy, but it's true. Okay? It's grace that we're even allowed the opportunity to obey God and to follow God. Like We deserve instant death. Okay? It, is our, it is grace that we get to even serve God. And so... Remember that, okay? Remember that, and that's what Moses is telling people. Remember, he says, hey, in verse 4, it's not because you're righteous. Again, in verse 5, he says, it's not because you're righteous. Again, in verse 6, he says, it's not because you're righteous. It's because of God's grace that you guys get to go into the land. Okay, for you guys and for me, okay, for you guys and for me, here's the thing. God can and will use you, and you should be used by God, okay? Because you should be willing and ready to serve God. You should be serving God right now. Okay, if you were in Sunday morning, you heard JB say you're never too young to serve God. If you're going in, you'll hear him say that in a little bit. Okay, but you should be serving God. When you do serve God, don't get prideful about it. Okay, because that's the natural thing to do. It really is. It's like the natural thing for me to do when, you know, 
I organize camp and it goes really good, the natural thing for me to do is like, dude, I did really good. I am awesome. I'm just so glad that I'm good at leading camp, right? I mean, that's the natural thing for me to do. But that's wrong. It's prideful. Why? Because number one, it's by God's grace that I'm even allowed the opportunity to try. And he gives me the strength to do it. Okay, and that's in verse 1 through 3, which we didn't really go into a ton. But verse 1 through 3 says, hey, it's by God's strength that you're even going to take these Canaanites out. So it's by God's strength that I do it, and he's not using me because I'm some special person. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not special. Okay, we are all special okay, because we're created in the image of God. But like, he's not using me because I'm better than someone else. He can use anyone. Okay, he used Pharaoh, who is evil. And he, used, he can use anybody. Okay, so when, first off, you should be serving God. Okay, so if you're not serving, okay, you should be. But once you start serving, don't get prideful when God uses you. It's easy, and I think that's what I have down. Yeah, don't get prideful when God uses you, because it's easy to do that. And then number two, understand and renew your mind with the fact that giving, getting the opportunity to serve is, and earn rewards, that's grace. Okay, it is. You should be looking for and grateful for opportunities that you get to serve God. Does that make sense to you guys? Mm -hmm. Kind of? Some of you? All right. Thanks again for joining us for True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. If you enjoyed this lesson, make sure you subscribe so you can hear the rest of the lessons on True to the Bible podcast. And if you have any questions regarding this lesson or any of the other lessons, make sure you contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for joining us.